everyone. Four Blades in a pub here. We didn't do a podcast after the Middlesbrough game. I couldn't even say Middlesbrough. I was that upset at the time, and I just struggled to say it then because we were thoroughly fed up. Thankfully, we had a trip to Millwall to cheer us up, and that didn't work very well either. I'm John, and I'm joined by Ian. Hello. The pause made that sound really sinister. Dan, good evening. Good evening. And Phil. Evening, everyone. (laughs) Before we came on to start chatting uh, for you to listen to, Dan had a great quote, and I think it's appropriate to sum up the last two performances. Let's make this as miserable as possible. Because the the results have been the pits, and for varying reasons, so the performances. Where do we start? I think you text me and the lads, Phil, on Saturday at about half past five and said, we need to pod because I've got things that I need to say and get out of my system, which is probably uh, probably a good place to start. Get it out of your system. I've calmed down now. Saturday evening, I was fuming. I haven't felt like that for a long time. And I know there's... Obviously, that's a lot of results bias and the fact we've been doing well is kind of tempered feeling pissed off after a defeat. But after we got beaten by a better side against Middlesbrough, there's there's no doubt in that. For us to come out as lacklustre as what we did in that first half against Millwall, and okay, they did well and they came at us, but God, we were shit for so long of that game. And I think tempered by the fact that at half time, I was getting excited because Middlesbrough were drawing and Wednesday were losing. And then 45 minutes later, both of them two had won and it just fucked me off massively. <laughs> and until I'd had a couple of glasses of red wine that night, I, would, I was still seething and had a bit of a mardi arse on for, for most of that evening. But uh, I guess we'll go on to it in, in the sort of next few minutes. I've kind of come round and seen a bit of perspective now, but it still doesn't make the fact that we lost two massively important games any easier to take. I, I think I probably wasn't a see. I, I wasn't seeing I, I was up at Hallam and I stayed on to watch their match and that probably distracted me a bit. And I didn't bother looking at the results in the afternoon because they are what they are. We can't, can't do anything about it. I, I guess I, 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 I was disappointed with the Borough performance, clearly because we were outplayed. I didn't think we'd get out played as as you know clinically as we did but ultimately there were opportunities created in that match that against other sides we might have taken and might have done a bit more um, so i wasn't ultimately i wasn't ultimately down after borough and like you say i think it's the it's the lack of reaction i expected a reaction and it was just flat completely flat me and Dan disagreed walking out of the Borough game. I didn't think we were that bad. I thought we were beaten by the better side on the night and the third goal really knocked the stuffing out of us when we were trying to get back into the game. But as much as I didn't think we were that bad against Borough, I really did, especially first half against Millwall and our defending was just abysmal. Just just awful. Like you two, you two both used that word reaction. And ordinarily... Over the last, I don't know, probably since Wilder took over, whenever we've lost a big game or had a bad result, we've we've in 
they've almost bounced back the next game and, and the team have come out firing as if they've got something to prove. And I think that's what everyone expected. Obviously, Ian, me and you um, went for a run on Saturday morning. We both said, you know, we need a reaction here. We need a result. Even a point wouldn't have, a point and a, and a good performance wouldn't have been the end of the world. You know, a point away at Millwall, tough place to go. But there was just nothing. We just, I don't know, we just looked. I can't even think of the word. We, we Sluggish, I don't know. But not shell shot. I can't even think of the word to describe how we looked. We just looked lackluster. Is is probably as close as I can get. We we didn't have it. We we lacking again. We're lacking some sort of identity. We've said this before at times. We're lacking yeah. identity. I I don't know quite what we, the way we're trying to play. What we're trying to do. You know, we were going long up to towards McBurney and Jebison a bit more in that first half and to a degree in the second. The midfield was non-existent, you know. I I don't think any of them had a, a good game. Doyle scored a, a fortunate goal, I would say. Thank God for George Long because he got us back in at half time at one all. Um, but there was nothing about. I, I don't understand what I don't. I don't understand at the minute the way we're trying to play because there's no consistent approach to it, and I don't understand the substitutions. Um. So his ability, Eckingbottom's ability to change things at the minute, I would question, because his his calls in making Osborne the first sub to change a game for us is baffling. I would have, I thought, I didn't, I would have dragged, I would have dragged about five of them, well, like three or four off because they were that bad. The Osborne thing makes sense if it's with somebody else to get legs because we were just being beaten in every single area of the pitch. So somebody who's going to get stuck in. He actually did okay when he came on Osborne. And I think the problem was, he like we just touched on, all those sort of things. So before the Middlesbrough game, we'd said that United tend to, this United side, show up for the big games. And as we just touched on, this United side respond to a bad result. So if we're not doing those two things as we head into a running, and yeah, it was a it was a, a difficult duo of games. Like there's got to be serious questions asked. And we when I was stood there on Saturday in the first half, what was apparent to me was because obviously at Millwall you're very much on top of the goal, so you have a good view of what's going on in the box. And we're right behind the net, and nobody all were heads down, weren't communicating, there weren't any leadership. You almost like you can tell that like that sort those characteristics we've we've just spoke about I've referred to like stepping up for big games and reacting people like Baldock not on the pitch like Bogle that's a bad duo of games he's had for United like we haven't got we haven't got leaders in the dressing room at the moment when Sharp's injured and Baldock's not there I I, I, I but before that Borough game though was it before the Borough game we were saying I was saying the we've got I thought although we've not been playing well our game management have been good in recent games you know we'd seen res- results out and there's players like Egan Bergen or what I, I said at the time I trust them to 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 guide us because they're stepping up and as the senior players leading and I don't know if I jinxed it or what yeah Egan had probably his worst game maybe ever for United Saturday uh, he, he, he didn't he play well just... against Borough. I, I, I thought he was 
slightly at fault for Borough's equaliser as well. He kind of he, he gets squared up and sells himself, and it's easy for Akpom to go past him. He, he kind of gets himself a bit square and a bit flat-footed. Um, I agree with John completely. These last two games have been screaming out for Baldock. Absolutely screaming out for Baldock. Someone with a bit of something about a bit of character can defend as, as you know, if, if <laughs> as the first uh, as the first kind of requirement. But yeah, these last two games, I think Baldock would have suited these perfectly. And and going back to Ian's point about the substitutions, when the chips are down, this is the time where our experience is going to be really, really important to us. And really, the the only two. Am I right in saying this? The only two that have been there and seen it. Sorry, there was three on Saturday. Basham, Egan and Norwood. Yeah. Fleck might have been a good idea to have brought on in that midfield for somebody yeah. to have added a bit of experience, a bit of bite, a bit of guile, as opposed to Osborne's legs. Like you said, we're missing, we are missing Baldock. As much as I think Bogle's a great player going forward, it's times like this when you're up against it. Baldock's a born winner. You can see with the way he plays, his aggression on the ball. When he's not on the ball, he's banging his chest and and being the angry, generally angry man that he is, I think would have made a big difference to us on Saturday. But I'm, as much as I was, I was pissed off Saturday night, I, like I said earlier, I've got a bit of perspective to things now and I'm kind of going into the weekend a little bit more optimistic than I would, perhaps would have been Saturday night. So whilst, yeah, it's doom and gloom and let's be miserable after a couple of shit results, let's put it in perspective and say it's the first time we've had a blip like this apart from when the injury crisis happened sort of September, October time, we've got to back them to, to come back and bounce back on Saturday. But if, if we do, who's going to be that spark? I think, I think you're right. I think there'd almost be a call to, if he's fit enough to put Fleck in on Saturday, but for that reason, because he does, all right, he hasn't for the last couple of seasons because he's been in and out with injury, but he can give you that spark. And he's also one that, like Saturday, I was thinking halfway through the first half, it was crying out for one of our players to go smashing into one of theirs. Take a booking. Yeah, fine. Sorry, ref, take your booking. But do something to, to elicit a response for the rest of the team. And that's what Flex has always been very good at. If if we're if a game's drifting away from us or the, the opposition are getting on top, or we feel like we're we're kind of, you know, we're phoning a performance in. He's one that's very good at getting us going, whether it's whether it's picking the ball up and driving past two or three and winning a corner or flying into a tackle or smashing one of theirs. If he's fit enough, I think there's a there's a big argument to say put him in and start him for that reason. I wonder if that's why he played for under 23s a couple of days ago, maybe. maybe. Get some minutes in his legs. Yeah, maybe. And like, if, if we're not going to go with like someone with aggression, just... You've got to give someone like Koulibaly a go. Why not? I know it was against Wrexham. Looked tidy on the ball. Wanted to play positively. I think, like you know, we. I think we. He tried to get a reaction out of Injai and Anil by putting them on the bench. I think they look fucked. Well, Anil was injured when he got. He was injured against. Both did. He, he won a corner. Uh, down in front of the cop, and he was really kind of limping and holding his legs straight after that. I think that's why he got taken off, and I'm, I assume that that's why he wasn't fit enough to start on um, on Saturday. So it's the same with Jai, isn't it? They said on on commentary, and Jai was touch and go whether he was even going to be on the bench. Yeah, but I think that they're uh, them two, and the fact that they look like they've they've caught a bit of an injury, uh, 
are very much representative of us as a side right now. We look tired. We look like we need lifting up off the floor and, and sparking back into life somehow. And uh, hopefully we can get that Saturday. And, and if Njai's fit, our fingers crossed he's the one that can breathe a bit of life back into us. But we, we just look like we need freshening up. Almost as if we needed to bring a couple of players in in January if, if the owner had decided to pay his bills. Well, this is it. Like every time we've got promoted out of this division, you think about the Warnock, <clears throat> Warnock one, Akinbay and Orsfield came, and obviously Orsfield was a disaster. Akinbay, he, he, he wasn't sparkling, but he, 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 won us, he won us points with goals against Derby, against Wednesday. He yeah. Was six or seven points with his goals. And and you've got to... I don't know. I'd, I think it's easy now to say it was an opportunity missed. Um, I agree completely, Dan, with your sort of take when we did a pod at the end of the window about, you know, it's just a, it's just an expectation altering exercise, what they did in January. And really, we, we should be expecting to kick on I don't really understand why they didn't do that, but well, I think I think unfortunately we've just got two. If you include Spurs, really, yes, Spurs is a free hit, but you don't want to get you don't want to get absolutely dick though five or six nil, do you? Yeah, that and 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 this is the situation we find ourselves in, and there's plenty of points to play for, um, but I don't know. Wait, Middlesbrough were Middlesbrough. On a different night, that score's different. And on Saturday, if John Egan's awake, it's a different game. Just want to say, the behaviour of George Long at the final whistle was absolutely baffling. After the fucking treacherous years of my life spent watching that useless twat when we were in League One, having the audacity to turn around and fist pump at the United fans, I always used to stick by him because he was one of our own. Little scroll. To be fair to him, yeah, the goal was probably his fault. Our first goal was probably his fault, but he had a really good second half. Yeah, pulled some good saves off. That 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 def- the one that was it Bogle shot that got deflected up and he was kind of he was already dropping to his right and managed to stick his hand out to his left and turn it around post. I thought it was Berger, but it might have been Bogle. Yeah, it might have been Berger's shot, you're right. But it, this is this is the funny thing about football and and I don't think Heckingbottom showered himself in a lot of gro- glory last few thing few interviews with what he said. But there are a couple of things he's right about. Goals change perspective and change games massively. There's, there were a couple of occasions where goals have gone against us at really bad times in recent games. And we've had keepers made really good saves against us at times where we were trying to get back into games. A couple of things aren't dropping for us or haven't dropped for us. If they'd have gone the other way, we might be sat here in a completely different sort of mindset. And I know it's all if buts and maybes and that's, part of what being a football fan is, but it's the fine margins that that seem to have gone against us as well the last couple of games that you can't always have those go against you. At some points, they they, they turn back round. But this, this leads back down to what we've been talking about for weeks. We haven't been great for quite a while. Um, we've been getting away with it. And is it now that it's biting us on the arse that, that that's kind of come home to roost a little bit? I think, I think there's certainly a... <laughs> On the Twitter blade hashtag, there's certainly a bit of, um, I can't think of the bloody phrase now, but, you know, told you so going off. So we've said we've been crap and getting away with it. And it's like... Well, that's bollocks. Yeah, people have been saying it. So why not bring it up again? 
Yeah. Someone said that about me, and I don't really care. Yes, I've been saying we haven't been good for a while. Yeah. Call it out now that we're not being very good and not winning games. Yeah. It's it, it's interesting. I I honestly thought we could get better. Is my take on it. You know, we we weren't great, but I believe there were gears we could still go through as a team with the quality we've got. And we might still. And, well. and we might still. We might still do that. And that's and that's yeah. Put a, let's put a positive spin on it. <clears throat> from where we are now, there's massive opportunities there to, to improve to levels that we know this team are capable of. My concern with that is we look we look flat. So we were playing not great, but picking up wins and going on a good run and seeing out games. Yes, we've, I know it's only two games, but those two games have left me feeling really concerned that I wasn't going into those two games and, and that's the bizarre thing I know it's football and you, it's emotive and it's reactionary but I didn't expect two back-to-back games of that paucity of great word well done paucity of endeavour of energy and of quality I think the fact that the points the points gap has swung so dramatically in the space of less than 180 minutes, because when Bernie scores to put us one one nil up against Borough, we suddenly go how many points do we go clear then? Thirteen. Thirteen and a game in hand. So we've gone from thirteen clear with a game in hand at one nil up against Borough to by early afternoon on the Saturday, kind of four days later. That suddenly swung back round. By the time Borough's game comes, by the time Borough's result comes in, we're now four. Four. It's that nine-point swing in the space of—I know it's not nine-point swing because it was only halfway through the game—but a nine-point swing in basically four and a bit days. It's just—it's massive. Yeah, as well. Like if I, if you're a Middlesbrough fan, you would have gone out for an early pint on Saturday. And you'd be feeling pretty optimistic about your game. But if you watched the way we responded to that, you'd be fucking pissing yourself. You would be licking your lips, rubbing your hands and anything else you could rub with glee. Because we were that bad in the response. I think it's sort of it, like that amount of points is is obviously huge. And I think you could feel it, you can feel it in the fans and the reaction, but I just hope it hasn't like wiped the players out. You know, right. Middlesbrough fans and players would be watching us on Saturday. They'd be saying they've gone, they, they've they've gone here. That that will be exactly what they're saying, and that will give them a, a a shot in the arm, thinking that we can chase these down here because they've gone. Is there any think... gone? No, go on in. I was going to say, is there though? Saying that, yeah, actually, we held on for two more minutes plus injury time. Against if we'd held on for two more minutes plus injury time against Millwall, we'd have taken a point. We'd have been reasonably happy with the point and circumstances, and it wouldn't feel as bad today. And this, I'm just, I'm, it's, I'm it's sure back down I'm, to goals change games. Goals change games and change opinions massively. But if it weren't for a bit of shit defending, we wouldn't have conceded some of the goals we would have conceded. If it wasn't for a bit of, in my opinion, some may disagree, poor refereeing from Andre Mariner. We might not have gone 3-1 down the way that he did against Middlesbrough and we might have got back into that game. But it's again, it's all if buts and maybes, isn't it? Um, it it's, 
comforting to know that they've got a really tough game on Saturday. They couldn't have had much of an easier next game after us than QPR at home because they are dog shit at the minute. Dog shit who are also now managed by a cunt. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that. But them them going to West Brom this week. We've still got that R18 rating on IT. Yeah, we've still got that not suitable for work rating on the pod, haven't we? (laughs) Now you've decided to bring that up. Someone's someone's currently clearing the desk. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's it, I, listen. I'm just trying to again trying to put a bit of perspective on it. Yeah. They've got a really tough game this weekend, and so have we. We've got a tough game against Watford. I do expect a reaction again this weekend, like I perhaps did before the Millwall game. But I do expect a reaction. They haven't got an easy game. We could be sat here on Saturday evening, seven points ahead with a game in hand that you'd fancy us to go and win, and things don't look as bad. They're ba- obviously they're bang at it. They're really, really on form at the minute, and you've got to say if they keep going in the form they're in and, and win, I don't know, ten of their thirteen games, there's probably not a lot we can do to stop them. You probably have to take your hat off to them at the end of the season. Yeah, you know what? fair play. You've absolutely hit your straps at the right time. Fair play. There's, there's not yeah. a lot we can say about it. I'm not sure I'll be quite that magnanimous come come May, but as I sit here now, that's. That's kind of where we are. But, but there's a team as well that invested and strengthened in January. You know, Archer caused us, well, any player with pace caused, causes our backline problems. But we could well, have the, the fact that Ollie Burke looked 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 dangerous for the uh, for first half on Saturday, that tells you everything, doesn't it? Archer was there to be had, though. It was available. It would have come to us over Middlesbrough. And I say, but we, we, didn't, we aren't going to. Burke would have as that's, well, but yeah. Well, Burke was actually playing as a winger, which was something that we never did. But not that he's any good still, but he did look pretty, te- pretty, um, pretty, pretty dangerous against Robinson, who uh, who maybe isn't isn't performing at the level that we all professed a few games ago. Now he's. Uh... And that's the same. They're all dragging each other. Here's a question for you. Would we, would we... Better off in the away game on Saturday. Um, I think that I think we would have been as long as well. We've been to Watford once this season. That was an absolute <laughs> performance. But like, I know what you're saying. I, I just get an early goal Saturday. It'll be it'll be the pits. Yeah, I didn't know what Phil's reaction was then. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm muffled. I'm I'm. You can tell you can tell what kind of mood I'm in. I've got my hand over my face. I'm holding my mouth up. Sorry. Bill's <laughs> gone from sounding like he was in a heavy metal band to now constantly monitoring the sound quality of everyone else throughout the pod. He's gone. I just couldn't hear what Ian was saying. Phil oh, looks yeah. like Phil looks like Formula One pit crew from here. <laughs> Realistically, on Saturday, yeah, we need a reaction. <sighs> A goal against us is not what we need, but we could almost do with something happening early doors to 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 put the crowd to get the crowd up a, a bad decision or whatever it is um, a bad t- something just to get the crowd going and then hopefully the players can can feed off that because I think we've I'm not I'm not one for you know for, for battering United fans do what you want if you want to come and sing sing if you want to come and sit there and don't sing don't sing but I think it's when we get to this sort of stage now. 
we are going to have to play our part as well, I think. Thing is, I thought we did against Middlesbrough. Yeah, I can't C- certainly. I mean, and United were very good for the first fifteen minutes, not but for t- not taking chances. We should have been home and hose. Yeah, but it could have been three up. Been the nervousness up. set in really, really quickly amongst us. I mean, as fans, yeah. and, and, and that's my, that's my worry that you know, it, it, around me takes one stray pass from Norwood, and the the groans and everything else are just the, the noise, the negative noise picks up so much. And that's what we don't need Saturday. That yeah, there'll be there'll be passes that don't work out. There'll be there'll be shots that we should put do better with and we don't. It we've got to somehow try and stay positive and just keep backing them rather than just you know everything's every negative seems amplified at the lane. Even on the run we've been on. Um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just sat in that some miserable bit of the cop. But no, you're right though. You you are right. You can you can hear like some moans and groans with every with every misplaced pass. And and there's been more of those than than normal over the last couple of games from Norwood. He's he's not he's not been great for the last couple of games, has he? But again, that's possibly down to possibly the way we're playing, possibly the movement in front of him. He was having to go long, wasn't he? He kept looking for that for for a lot more. Against Middlesbrough, he was he was trying to force it really early on. There were times where ordinarily he'd take a touch and and start to build again. And he was trying the little kind of he's trying to flick the balls around the corner and over the top and get us get us kind of turn into corners. And yeah, we just we just seemed too quick to to try and force a pass against Borough. And I think some of that is down to paucity. I mean, use the word again. I mean, it's in my head now, but. There was just no, there wasn't enough good movement ahead and options. Um, but I, I do, like I say, Saturday, it just felt like we were, we were, we were bypassing the midfield. I don't know why. How did it seem to you, John? Because if you're there, we were trying to tell you. Oh, there we were going. We, I didn't, we were going we were long. long too often. We're going long, continually hitting unnecessary balls. Like McBurney looked, looked visibly furious at like what he was being. Like his service, he got had, had nothing to feed on, and like Jebison, like I said, I said I thought he would was a good choice to start, but you've got to give him a chance to get into the game and not like hit and hope balls. They they were deep. Cooper's going to gobble anything in the air up, as we know. It's like I know there's the thing about him scoring, but he actually what he. What Cooper does, which I think some of our defenders might want to actually have a go at doing, is is just defend. He just gets his way, gets in the way of the ball, and that's an entire back four did. So we're going to knock it into the channel. They're just going to deal with it, and they're not they're not bothered about taking an extra touch and being pretty. It's all about keeping it out. And that and that's what we did a lot on on Saturday, and and I thought a lot against Borough and Luke. Luke kind of said it in the chat that they did, didn't it? It was on Saturday especially. It was. Pass, 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 pass across the back four, three or four passes, nothing on, aimless ball dropped into the channel, turn possession over, and then we're defending. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, is it nerves kicking in? Are, you know, are we of the players suddenly feeling a bit nervous and they're kind of wanting to get rid of it? But there's only a handful of them who are ever expressive with the ball. They usually just give it to one or two, and they make everything else work. I think that's one of the big problems at the minute, isn't it? And Jay is not playing particularly well. He's not scoring either. Berger looks 
woeful when he's not on it. And uh, McAtee's been fairly quiet last few games as well. So th- those three creative players, if they're not on it, where does the spark come? Add Bogle into that for the last two games as well. He's not played. Yeah, true. He's the other one that this kind of creative spark comes from and he's not played well the last two games. I mean, to be fair, Lowe's contributing since he's come back in down that left side with assists and he's been poor as well. So both both wing-backs, either on the ball, have, have given the ball away or just not put decent quality in when they've got into good positions. I think they both, considering the games were going to be tight, I think that the, they've both been far too high and we've got completely done and you can see it happening and it, we don't respond to it in the game. I don't really understand how, like, if you're playing in the back three or you're the manager or the keeper and you can tell that the fullbacks are a good 10 yards too high up. Against Middlesbrough, it was coming that first goal they scored down the right, their right side, our left side, for about 10 minutes. Kept getting in. I just don't know why you just don't drop, especially if we're in the, like we were against Middlesbrough in the lead. It just, I don't know if it's sort of a, yeah, maybe as a side who are trying to get promoted, we should like put our game onto other people. I'm all for that. But you, no, no teams in like elite football, and by elite football, I mean like top couple of divisions, consistently play at the same tempo in the same formation for 90 minutes. You drop deeper, you, you, you push on to people. And I, I feel something like, again, does that come down to that? What a question before about leadership in this group. On the, you know, like, I don't know. I think it also possibly comes down to, and again, this is not to to suddenly do a U-turn and panic and say you should be sacked, but it possibly comes down to a little bit of tactical awareness and a bit a little bit of how ta- a question mark over how tactically astute Heckingbottom is. Because a lot of the time, even with his substitutions, I know, Ian, you mentioned it earlier on, unless there's an injury, like against Middlesbrough, Anel's injured, so he takes Anel off, he goes to a back four. A lot of hecking bottom substitutions are like for like. He kind of he takes a forward off, he brings a forward on. He takes a midfielder off, he brings a midfielder on. So then basically you're relying on the kid you bring on playing better than the kid you've taken off. It's not very often, unless it's out of necessity, that he really makes a, 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 a distinct tactical change or a change in shape. So, again, not hammering him. I'm just wondering if possibly he's not as, as tactically astute as we, we, maybe we thought he was. Well, you learn you learn that by being a number one. Unfortunately, I think it comes with experience, and obviously, he had done before he had his coaching role at United. But maybe I think you, that's a really fair point. It's time in the dugout making those, having to make those, and it's a pressure call as well, isn't it? Like when you're in this situation, it's mm-hmm. not just oh, we need to change a game. But we like competing to be like in the upper part of mid table. If you go in, if every point really matters as it does for us at the moment, like it is, re- it's an added pressure, and it might be just again not in sight, but maybe a bit much for him at times. I mean, the, the substitution thing obviously is limited by who we've got on the bench, and we haven't got much in the way of game changes on the bench, have we? Obviously, the other day we had Enjay on the bench, and we had McAtee, but ordinarily. He's either, you know, he's either looking to like an unproven Jebison or an aging Sharp, or he's looking again. He's Os- Osborne. These aren't players that are going to come on and change a game, are they? Given this, given the the, the we've just talked about tired legs, not looking 
could you know need need some something some spark and we might pod before it so i might be getting ahead of myself here but in a way i like to go out to try and win every game but we could do without the spurs game and who he picks obviously egan suspended for it but who he picks for that spurs game would be interesting probably more so depending on what result we get saturday yeah i suppose if we get if we get a good result saturday then that does take the pressure off the spurs game but if the result doesn't go for us on saturday and then you've got spurs you're potentially looking at four defeats on the bounce that's a real However, tough, away, get, tough away game at Blackburn after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said this we're going to we said this this we're going to be miserable tonight, and we're we're absolutely uh, we're absolutely on brand, aren't we? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and turn it back round again as well, though. I, I I still think we've got enough in us to get eight wins. So we're now on the end of the season. In 14 games, like we said earlier, if Borough catch that, then you've got to tip your hat and say fair play. Six, 14 games left. I can see us winning eight of them. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Although, I, I, yeah, that might not start on Saturday, but yeah, I think you're probably right. Over the remaining games, yeah, we've, we've probably got eight wins and two, two draws or two or three draws in us, which will put us on to what? So that's what? 24, 27, 27 points. points. So 89, 88, 89. 88 points, yeah. It means they'd have to pick up what? 32 from. Yeah, they'd have to win 11 out of 15. Okay. 13. Which, which. They've got 13 left. Sorry, yeah, 11. Which you wouldn't, is not beyond the realms of possibility because they're, they're flying at the minute. And like you say, if, if they do, then they do. But. Yeah, you're right. If we pick, we can pick 27, 28 points up between now and end of the season, surely that'll see us over the line. But someone like, you know, Archer Ackpom could go over on Saturday or their hamstring goes or someone goes through them and their ankle turns and they're out for a month. And you don't know. Um, but I, I think if we're going to do that, Phil... What I would say, we need to get eight. We obviously need consistency in performance, but I think we need some consistency in personnel. Doyle's not in the 18. Starts at probably the hardest away game in the division. He's just baffling. Doesn't make sense to not be in the 18 on the Wednesday night and then start the game on the Saturday. I don't understand. Um, and, and, you know, Jebison coming in, I get it, like, and I has had an injury or whatever, but we've we've got to he's got to pick who he wants as his strongest eleven. Problem and is, I don't think he's had the ability to do that almost all season. For one reason or another, I don't think he's had chance for a consistent period to pick who you would have as his strongest eleven. Well, the prime and, and that, Yeah, sorry, mate. Go on, no, go on. I was saying, like, well, Kieran Clark was clearly signed to start every game. And the expectation we we talked about him as being he's going to come in, he's going to make that left-hand side centre-half position his own. He brings experience, international experience, over 200, maybe th nearly 300 games in the Premier League. He'll be really good there and he's hardly played. And I think you're probably right with that. But, yeah. 
I think there's a, there's a few. McBurney all season. Doyle's been a, in and out of the side. Bogle's been injured for a long time. Anel seems like he's not the same player since having glandular fever. That there's lots and lots of things that have that have gone against us, and and they may continue to do that all season. But I don't know. Players have come in on the back of injuries for to others and done well in that position, and then. It's just, but they say that they've got injured. So, so that that just that in, you're right. That inconsistency of having anyone available for probably you know probably Egan aside, suspension coming up, but you know players available for a four or five game run even, and then it tends to come to an end because one of them will get injured again. I think uh, a lot loss of forms obviously a big thing as well, and we've all been sort of. Talking both on here, on here and in the pub, Robinson's been really good for a while. He hasn't been quite the same the last few games. Mm. Maybe it's time to... Clark's been on the bench for quite a while now. Maybe it's time to bring Clark back into the side to give us a little bit of assurance again. And, and whilst Robinson's a lot more, got a lot of experience as well, he's probably not quite as calming as an influence as what Clark is. He's not, is he? I mean, the, Jack Robinson is the exact opposite of a calming influence, isn't he? He's like, he's like a scrap waiting to happen, isn't he? Well, I thought he was going to get sent off on Saturday at the end. I, I know he pushed him in the chest, but I was pretty certain he was going to get a red. And uh, I'm surprised McBurney stayed on. I mean, I was all for him smashing Cooper off the ball after Cooper had fouled him probably 15 times and got away with it. But like... Cooper should have been sent off, by the way. 100%, because he should have been booked in the first two minutes. 100%. But you're at Milk. You tell me fucking London, can't you? <laughs> We're in London. That's different. Anyway, we've been as negative as, uh, as I've heard us for a while today. So we, uh, should we look forward to Watford with optimism? <laughs> <laughs> I can try. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you like pub. I'm going to stick my neck out. I think we'll win on Saturday, by the way. I, I think it'll be a tough game. I think that it'll be... Um, like, like you said earlier, Dan, maybe one of those games where we need something to happen to go against us to get the crowd sparked. It, it, it might be something as daft as a West Brom goal against Middlesbrough to, to lift us. Yeah, something, yeah. something like that to lift the crowd yeah, an early West Brom goal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not confident by any chat, any stretch, but I think we'll win Saturday. Score three one. <laughs> and I love, I love it. And if you're right, I'm gonna give you a big kiss at the end. Um, I'm not that confident. I think we're going to lose 2-1. Unfortunately, I I also think we're going to lose. I, I think this might be, hopefully this will be the, the end of the bad run. Um, but I just think, I don't know, I think Watford might be a little bit too dynamic for us going forward, uh, just because the back, four, back five seems to be in a bit of a rut at the minute. Uh, I think we'll lose 3-1. I I worry about the defence up against Keenan Davis again, Joe Pedro, um, and the midfield. We've, we've got Chowdhury used to be at Leicester in midfield. Um, 
So I just I just think they might have too much for us. Only only good game he's ever had his professional career. Chowdhury was against us at Bramall Lane in the Premier League. He looked oh, like I don't know. I thought, I thought, I thought he, I'm surprised he's not kicked on. I thought he was a. He looked a world beater that day, didn't he? He looked an absolute <laughs> world beater. Like one of the best. That was one of the best performances that season. I'm being very cynical there. I think Chowdhury is a very good signing for them this division. But with the actually, I think they probably got some of the best players. You mentioned Davis and Pedro there. If everyone forgets about Saar because he's been quite quiet compared to to Pedro, but obviously, and he got Pone who we were linked with. Um, oh, the Canadian lad. Yeah, they've got like in in defence. They've got like um, Corny Horse and um, the one who used to be at Southampton, Southampton, the Dutch lad. Uh, the cow. Fuck hell, he must be sixty. <laughs> Val, is it Val, but with a W? Hout, Hout, H O E D. They've got they've got some good players, but yeah. yeah, I I I'm not. I think Phil it could go bad, but I think Phil's right as well. We could have a reaction. I think if we do win on Saturday, it's it changes the the context of the Spurs game, it makes the Blackburn game easier and it also, it's a win after some pretty poor results. So, I hope you're right, Phil. I'm with Dan. I think we'll lose 2-1, but we just hoping Phil's right and he gets a great big sloppy well, kiss off you on Saturday night. Well, I, I said 2-1. <laughs> Dan's 3-1, Ian. Three, I'm 3-1, yeah, sorry. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wallowing in this pit of just yeah. Anyway, I hope you all found that. I found that quite sympathetic. I had I had sort of parked my feelings on United, but they're they're still there. So you, it's always good to talk about these things. I might have been a lot more expletive Saturday night. I'd have been had <laughs> we had chance to catch up then. I mean, I could I would have done a pod, but I put. A, Good dint in Birmingham's beer mile afterwards, and I was home for six. It showed you how swiftly I was uh, making my way down the mile afterwards. Jesus Christ! I thought uh, it was an interesting photo, John, where you, Joel Bate and um, Remy and others. They've all there's only you and Casbolt with proper pints. They've just got little little th- thirds. Uh, Matthew Matthew James Casbolt, thank for that. He was like, oh, maybe we should go on the two thirds. It's like you think. Couldn't speak when I got in. It was good fun, right? But yeah, um, Millwall's probably a lot of people say, but Millwall is one of the best away days in the country. You can go on; it's fantastic. And they've got a now a, like a fan park outside because you're boxed in in the away end. They put a bar there and they had music pumping out. You could enjoy a pint of Brooklyn Pilsner for the very reasonable price of six pound fifty. Wasn't a deterrent though. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> I imagine there are many deterrents for you. No, not not when you get the chance to go out. You've got to grasp it. Right, I'm going to go and watch Man City beat Leipzig. I think, and enjoy my evening, boys. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we didn't want to put anyone in the Hall of Fame after tonight, so um, yeah, Gareth Ainsworth's a prick. Don't forget and. Uh, on, get behind them on Saturday. They deserve it, just about. All the blades. All the blades. All the blades.